Kids were dropped off at school. Workers rushed to their offices, stores, and construction sites. Just another typical Tuesday till 8.46 a.m. Eastern Time. Let's peek inside the mind of a boomer. This is Boomer Randomness, a podcast dedicated to the baby boom generation with random observations about boomer life from boomers, including topics like music, movies, memories, marriage and divorce, retirement, bucket lists, kids and grandkids, travel, and a whole lot more. Here is your boomer host, Bernie Lucas. The weather was beautiful on the East Coast that morning, with comfortable temperatures and a calming, clear blue sky. In big cities like Boston, New York, and Washington, people scurried around starting their day. Kids were dropped off at school. Workers rushed to their offices, stores, and construction sites. Just another typical Tuesday. Till 8.46 a.m. Eastern Time. Small planes had crashed into high-rise buildings in New York as far back as the 1930s, so people outside of lower Manhattan didn't pay that much attention to the breaking news. Not at first, anyway. Till a second plane crashed into another high-rise building. Further breaking news reports clarified that these planes were not little. They were airliners. And the buildings were the Twin Towers of the World Trade Center in New York City. September 11, 2001, was no longer a typical Tuesday. Send every available ambulance, everything you got to World Trade Center now. There are shocking single events on single days that the parents of boomers remember, like the attack on Pearl Harbor, December 7th, 1941. Older boomers remember the JFK assassination on November 22nd, 1963, and the Dr. Martin Luther King shooting on April 4th, 1968. Every generation of Americans older than mid-20s remember the terrorist attacks of September 11, 2001. The first plane hit the North Tower of the World Trade Center at 8.46, crashing into floors 93 to 99 of the 110-story building. First responders actually saw it happen and began racing in that direction even before any 911 calls were made. Okay, we're already on our way, okay? The South Tower was hit at 9.03 crashing into floors 77 to 85. At 9.05, President Bush was notified by an aide whispering in his ear while visiting an elementary school classroom in Sarasota, Florida. In pictures shown later, you can see the horror on his face as he tried to process the information while trying not to show an expression of fear or concern to the kids in that classroom. At 9.37, a third hijacked plane crashed into the Pentagon in Washington, D.C., ultimately collapsing a portion of that building. At 9.42, the FAA grounds all civilian flights, and three minutes later, government buildings on Capitol Hill are ordered evacuated. Cell phone calls from people on the fourth plane tell the story of brave, hijacked passengers who accepted their fate and crashed the plane in a vacant field rather than allowing it to hit another building. Speculation is that the plane was intended to strike the White House. The South Tower collapsed at 9.59, and the North Tower fell at 10.28. Another building fell later in the afternoon. Many of us watched this in disbelief live on television. I can't even imagine what it was like seeing it in person. The explosion of debris from each crumbling building careened down the streets of Manhattan like an ocean tidal wave. There were scenes of burning jet fuel and debris exploding from the Pentagon, 
and the eventual collapse of the E-ring of the building. It's horrifying to think that 19 men caused the destruction that ultimately killed almost 3,000 people and affected the lives of all Americans to this day, 22 years later. What do some boomers remember about that day? Jennifer Huff, my soon-to-be wife, you were living in the D.C. suburbs on 9-11, and your kids were 17 and 13. You and your then-husband both worked. How did you hear about what was happening, and what was your reaction? So I was working in Rockville uh, for a um, software develop, development co- uh, company. Rockville's suburb of D.C. Right. I was in the HR department, and I ran the company, so I kind of like did everything for that company. So someone came running up to me, Jennifer, Jennifer, a plane just hit the uh, tower in New York. I said, you're kidding me. And I said, I didn't think much of it. Then Norm called me. It's your your husband. Yes. Uh Uh-huh. And he goes, you're not going to believe it. A, A plane just went into the towers. And I said, well, someone just told me about that. I said, that's really weird. And didn't really think much more that was, oh, no, you know, it's just a horrible accident. And then the second plane came. And the woman who came to tell me about it the first time just broke down in tears. And she goes, it's a terrorist attack. And I'm getting chills just thinking about yeah. it right now. Yeah, <laughs> It's a terrorist at- attack. And I said, I just like, I can't believe that this is happening. So um, everybody in the office was quite scared and quite quite frightened. And the CEO of the company called me and I said, you know, I think it's best that you just stay home. Don't worry about it. Perry and I, another co-worker, have it all under control and we're sending people home because everybody wanted to go home. You know, they wanted to be with their, their loved ones. So here I'm running the company and sending everybody home, including the receptionist. Yeah. And guess who has to answer the phone? <laughs> uh, yeah, you. So I'm answering the phone and my son calls. He goes, "I want to. can I speak to Jennifer? And I said, well, it's, it's your mom. What do you, <laughs> he goes, did you hear everything? I said, I did. I said, you know, Tim, this is serious business. Just stay home. My other son, Matt, was in middle school and Norm went to go pick him up because they were letting everybody go and he was trying to pick up a couple of his friends and the place was a zoo and they wouldn't let anybody take any other children but their own Wow! which calls complete chaos how did your sons feel about it that day sure if Matt really understood what was happening, you know, so much. He knew they were bad people and did bad things, and he didn't like that. You know, Tim understood. He was a senior in high school. And plus, the TV, that's all it was on. It was something that the, you know, it's like one of those first memories you remember. Mm -hmm. Do you remember 9-11? You know, they do. And I guess... Knowing that it, the, another plane hit the Pentagon and it was so close. Yeah. You know, and then that really, really bothered me, of course. And 
Were they heading to the White House? Were they... I just, you know, your mind just goes everywhere. Yeah. And um, I just remember just finally leaving the office at four o'clock in the afternoon, just making sure everybody was okay. I went to each individual of that company to see if they were okay. What could I do? You know, because everybody was so afraid. Oh, yeah. Did it feel like more was coming? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I expected more to come. And I feel so sorry for the lives that were lost that day. It just affected so many people in so many ways. The firefighters, the police officers, their families. You know, you don't think you're going to go to work and be in an office and a plane hits. Yeah. You don't think about that. Yeah. So, you know, it was a very emotional day for sure. When was the next time that you flew anywhere and were you apprehensive about it? No, I, you know, I knew that that day changed the world forever. And of course it changed everything for going into a stadium, going into an airport, taking off your shoes. And, you know, I I do remember my mother-in-law was quite upset that she had to take off her shoes <laughs> at the airport. But I said, you know, this is what we have to do. I mean, it's just the way of the world now, you know. And But I, I didn't feel frightened. I probably felt more frightened. We had season tickets to um, then the Redskins. And I was with my brother, and he had tickets, and we had our kids with us. So... I was expecting a plane to come in, you know, or, mm-hmm. you know, you, your mind just can't help yeah. but think that. Because a lot of times they do have jets going over the stadium, you know, just to, as part of the yeah. part of the opening. Of course, they didn't have that. I think one of the m- most eeriest things, we didn't hear planes for weeks. Then when all of a sudden you did hear them again, it was just, Wow. This is the Boomer Randomness Podcast. And Jeff Wyatt, you and I were working together then here in the D.C. area at radio stations just a few miles from the Pentagon. Mm-hmm. And that thing happens. What do you remember? Like, when, how did you hear about it? Where were you and how did you hear about it? I was it? pulling into our parking garage on Rockville Pike. And all of a sudden, they interrupted some news. I don't know if I was listening to Elliot here in D.C. or somebody else but uh, i remember hearing a plane has hit the twin towers i thought wow whatever and they said it's a small plane put a knucklehead didn't see that big building yeah (laughs) and so i just got out of the car went upstairs and oh my gosh they had they showed footage of that little plane yeah heading into the building and it clearly wasn't little or it wasn't private it was an american airlines i think and uh Started watching the news because I'm I'm a news watcher anyway, being a political science major in college. Yeah, and um, man, it was unbelievable what happened the rest of that time, and how I'll never forget our uh, boss Bennett saying, um, "Our world just changed," mm-hmm. and man, it sure did. Oh yeah, it did. It was just horrific. And when those when uh, when the tower came down, the first tower came down, that was complete disbelief. Mm-hmm. I mean, that isn't happening, as, you know, occurred to me for sure. Yeah. But yeah, there it was. There it was, yeah. yeah. So, 
It was quite a day to go through. We had to concern ourselves with the news, most importantly. We left our Top 40s morning show on, let them talk through things with other people who were having shocked reactions. Right. And then we all pulled uh, all the department heads into a room, Bennett's office, and, and began to track how we were going to approach this and what we were going to do. And remember, we still didn't know if it was over. Yeah. And then the Pentagon... And that's right in our backyard. So now we were deeply concerned. And I think that's when the F-18 went up Rockville Pike, about 1,000 feet maybe high. Uh-huh. And, uh, wow, it was it was just a shocking, shocking day. I was on my way to a doctor's appointment, and I'm listening to my main station was the country station, WMZQ. Mm. And at that time, our morning show was um, Murphy and Cash, Gary Murphy and Jessica Cash, and we had a traffic guy, Jim Russ, and our midday guy, Jim London, the, he would come on at nine. So uh, they had a what's called a crossover, basically the morning show and the midday guy and the traffic, and they're all just kind of talking. And then so right in the middle of a conversation, Gary says, oh my God. And there's silence for like five or 10 seconds. And then he said, and we have we had in the studio there's TV in, in every studio and it's tuned to a, a, a news channel just for you know any kind of you know breaking news kind of thing and and maybe it was Jim the traffic guy one of them said something about a building our plane has hit you know World Trade Center at one of the towers and they're talking about it and they're assuming it's also just a you know a small plane or something and then I, I get to the doctor's office and so I go in they hadn't heard anything there yet. So I had this appointment, and it's like an hour later, and I get in the car, and I'm heading back to the office. My plan was to go to the office, so now it's 10 o'clock. I'm in Bethesda, which is just normally a 15- or 20-minute ride to Rockville, where the stations are. And an hour later, I'm just getting to where the stations are, and by that time... What you guys had decided was to simulcast. We had a partnership with a the NBC4 TV station. And at that time, simulcasting what they were doing. And, and and so it's like, okay, there's nothing for me to do at work. And I was trying to reach my wife at the time. And she hadn't heard anything. Or she wasn't. The cell, cell towers were just crazy and cell phones and stuff. And I couldn't get to her. And I finally did. I decided to drive home. And I finally did halfway home. And she said, What? She had been working from home but hadn't had a TV on. She went downstairs and turned that on and started crying. Oh, everything fell apart for the day. Just because those planes hit, we didn't know what else was coming. Right. We didn't know if they were going to blow up the White House with a plane or do whatever. Mm-hmm. And there was a supposedly that plane that went to Shanksville, Pennsylvania, and the, and it was crashed by the people on board, board. mutinying, if you will, yeah. between them and the uh, pilots. And uh, that one was supposed to be headed for the White House. Right. So, right. I don't know. Jeez, what a day. I never want ever to have experience like that again. Yeah. So, Sherry Bracken, you live in Hawaii. So, it was about 3 in the morning in your time zone when the first plane hit the World Trade Center. So you probably didn't wake up till after the towers fell. How did you first hear about what was going on and what was your reaction? Well, actually, my mother, who lived in California, called us. And I think she called around five in the morning our time or something like that, maybe even a little bit earlier. I just remember, you know, answering the phone and it's like, Mom, what's wrong? She said, turn on the TV. We're at war. 
my response to her was like, no, I don't think we're at war, mom. You know, <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't know what you think's going on, but we cannot possibly be at war. And, and she just kept insisting. And so, yeah, uh, she explained a little more. And from that moment, we got up and there it was on TV and the shock and horror. So we did actually, I did get to see it prior to the plane hitting the second tower. And of course, when the plane hit the first tower, the folks on TV were thinking, oh, it's a random accident. It's a small private plane. But then when the second one hit, became very obvious that there was something more going on. And, and I remember even in the room I am talking in right now, I remember lying on the couch watching TV. And I just remember that as an endless thing that I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't it, stop. Yeah, I couldn't tear myself away. And you talk about Hawaii. We are physically far away. And of course, as the day progressed, it became more obvious what was going on and all planes were stopped. And so for us here on the big island of Hawaii, for people who had any travel plans, including tourists, I know it was a bummer for them. But for me, I just kept being relieved that if the bad guys were not here, they weren't coming. There was no way they could get here. There was not um, international boat travel coming in, i.e. no cruise ships. There were no other ships. There were no planes. So we really were isolated on an island at that time. Yeah, so at that moment, then you weren't really worried about more planes because nothing was flying at that point. Nothing was flying, but it was still a scary situation where one didn't really know what's going on who's behind it are we in danger here and i didn't really feel in danger because of where we were i mean we're the big island of hawaii we're the southernmost island we're the furthest away from honolulu and frankly if somebody wanted to do something in hawaii they wouldn't make it on this island they would make it in honolulu yeah bigger population center and interestingly i have a friend who is a longtime united airlines flight attendant He was one of the first male flight attendants uh, who signed on with United years ago out of Honolulu. And he had begun flying out of Los Angeles because there were fewer international flights from Honolulu. And he was coming back from Japan to Honolulu on a flight and they got diverted into the Honolulu airport, which actually would have been, well, it was very convenient for him because his home is in Honolulu. But he said that As they were flying and the pilots and the flight attendants were talking, there were two military planes flying right next to their plane. Mm. And my friend Al said, at first I felt comforted that those planes were escorting us until I realized that those planes were there to shoot us down in case they had to. In case there was a terrorist on board. I know. And just I'm even now getting emotional. This long after just hearing him talk about that, you know, the the fear and concern and the uncertainty that was going on at the time and thinking of people in the air at the time. But when you talk about planes and things like that, not only did we have no planes coming in, our mail comes routed to Kona via Honolulu by plane. Uh, the newspaper, we subscribe to the Honolulu Star Advertiser, which is based in Honolulu, but it's a statewide paper. We also take a local paper, but we had no Honolulu Star Advertiser. We had no mail. 
it was very isolating. And I just remember lying on that couch watching TV endlessly and feeling good about being isolated. It it just it felt comforting given that we were so isolated at the time. Did you also tell me you had a couple of friends who were on flights that day? I did. Uh the first well, first of all, at the time I was very involved with a nonprofit organization called the Kona Outdoor Circle engaged in beautification and such and they were a branch of the Outdoor Circle which is based in Honolulu an organization that's about 100 years old the executive director Mary Steiner and one of the people on her team Christine Snyder had been at a conference in New York Mary flew back but Christine was on another flight so Mary's flight took off all this happened while they were in the air and Mary was diverted to Gander Newfoundland and oh. if anybody has not seen the play come from away oh, which is about the plane people who landed in Gander taking taking it from a town of just a few hundred to a town of thousands with 300 planes coming in Mary said the people were so warm so welcoming and it made it one of the best times of her life on one of the worst days of her life and one of the reasons it was one of the worst days of her life is that Christine Snyder was on flight 93 the United Airlines flight that went into the ground in Pennsylvania oh. so amazing we have a small state i think there were around 9 people with Hawaii ties who were killed and i knew one of them and Christine was young she was only 32 just a cute vivacious girl who was so interested in preserving our environment and it was shocking that she actually died and Mary every every year on 9/11 I send Mary an email or a text that I'm thinking of her and you know she said not a time goes by when she doesn't think about Christine that's the flight that crashed in Pennsylvania right that the passengers yeah. took over basically yes. you know fighting back know. so that you know at that point enough of them had heard what was happening elsewhere oh that's oh man that's I, you know those people were so heroic you know that there's got to be a little bit of hope that maybe you can survive whatever's going on but clearly they knew what had gone on in other places and they were self-sacrificing human beings who united no matter what else was going on in their life they united to stop that plane from going any further than Pennsylvania and i just feel in gratitude for them for what they prevented that would have been worse for our country so 22 years later some people want to remember every detail about that day and some people want to put it all behind them i'm in the camp that wants to remember For me it reminds me that there were hundreds of brave first responders who charged into the disaster to try and save lives and many of them lost their own lives doing that. I also want to remember that for at least a little while Americans got along and went out of their way to help each other. Some people would rather forget that day or some might still be grieving. Some of the emotion that live TV coverage generated might be too much to handle or process. If you're in that camp and still listening to this, I hope I haven't upset you and I appreciate you for sticking with me. 
Maybe we're all tired of 9-11 related facts of life that we still live with every day, like TSA lines at airports and security checks at buildings. There is no right or wrong attitude about remembering the events of September 11th, 2001. We are still free to believe what we want to believe without someone forcing us to believe things in a certain way. I'm Bernie Lucas. Thank you for letting me share my thoughts about 9-11 with you. There is one thing I'm sure we all agree on. We don't want a 9-11 to ever happen again. God bless America. Here's what's coming up on Boomer Randomness. Listen for new episodes on Mondays and Thursdays. I'm working on a Woodstock-themed episode, which I really should have done back around the anniversary in August. Also, more segments on specific years and some reminiscing and memories from the Boomer era. Learn more about Boomer life and sign up for episode updates at boomerrandomness.com. And check us out on the Boomer Randomness Facebook. Okay, Boomer. Thanks for listening, and tell everyone you know about Boomer Randomness.